I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Loyalty to Rangers is what binds us. And together, we are stronger. Launching for the 2021 season, the MyJers membership program is a new way to get even closer to the club you love. It's the one place where you can access benefits like ticketing priority, club discounts, and exclusive competitions and experiences. There's even a limited edition welcome gift when you join. Visit rangers.co.uk slash myjers to join today. Always Rangers. Always loyal. Always rewarded. Jones delivers. Just brace yourself. Rangers, 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 easy, okay. Okay. Well, the fans just very strong. You know, we've got the battle fever on, but the fans are just going to win. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the first episode of our new feature called The Bears Corner. We'll try and cover topics which are relevant the Rangers of today. Obviously, we're kind of struggling at the minute because, well, there is a lot to talk about, mind you, because there is chocolate medals getting dished out and stuff like that, but we, we need to kind of touch on the Rangers side of things and obviously once the game start back, it'll be a bit easier. So we've decided today to look back on the season that's just came to a conclusion prematurely, really, really quickly for some weird reason and we'll, we'll go for there. So today, joining me, making his second appearance, we've got Baz Bowski. Afternoon, Baz, how are we doing? Good afternoon, Scott. Thanks very much for, for having me back on. I thought this time I would at least brush my teeth and keep my face <laughs> wash because the, la- the first time I was on, Darren, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know it was going to be like a vision thing. For some reason, I had it in my head. It was just an audio podcast. So I just throw up with my, my slippers and I'm drinking tea and I've got my pyjamas on and all that. So uh, I'm a wee bit more prepared this time, Scott. Thanks, mate. Uh, making his debut on a podcast today, we've got Darren Boyle. Darren, how are we doing? All right, mate. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. No bother, mate. No bother. It's a pleasure. Baz, again, is decked out in castor gear. I bottled it today, mate. I was going to wear the castor hoodie that, that I got, but it's too warm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, mate? That's why I ended up getting out and buying a couple of t-shirts. <laughs> and then I made an arse it. For some weird reason, I ordered a small and a large. I have no idea how i done it. And I put, I put some pictures up on Twitter and... People noticed it right away in the lab, guys. Why have you got a small and a large? And I never knew. And I went, oh, they've, I'm thinking they've sent the wrong one and then I went back and checked my order. Uh, so I've got a small and a large, but the small actually fits no bad. But I think the large, the large is ideal for this lockdown situation. Right. Once we get back to work and I get back to the gym and get back, get fit and all that, then I'll try and, I'll try and squeeze into the, the beer one. But it is, it is good because obviously that's the first 
I, I got. I think Castor sent us a hat and, and a hoodie. And to be honest with you, the quality is unbelievable, man. I know it's pricey. I get that, but it's as you said in the last week, Buzz. When you're getting that wee bit of extra quality, though, sometimes you don't mind paying that wee bit of extra for it. Agreed. I, I I think it was. I think the, the fits are pretty. The sizes are pretty standard sizes. You know, you get some some labels and it's like a, a large, but it, it feels more like a medium or Aye. whatever. I think the sizing's pretty good, and I think, like you say, it's quality materials. They look good. And to be honest, I don't know if I would spend that money on a hoodie if they were only going to sponsor the team. I know. But since they are, you know, mate, as well get involved. Dan, have you had a chance to go on the website and look at some of their gear? I, I did, mate. I was on having a look. Um, like like you're saying, I was a wee bit surprised with how pricey it was, but it's good to know that like the tops and stuff when they do come out have got to be like fairly priced for. Like your regular fan, you know, because it is a bit pricey, like Aye. especially the new way it's going on, you know. But it will be something that I'm looking at, and obviously going forward, it's a good if you it's a good brand in that. Obviously, I'm going to be looking at to buy it, you know. Aye. Aye. well, the amount of people I've spoke to that have listened to the podcast, etc., and then have went on to Castor's website and are actually telling me the idea, despite saying previously 165 quid for a hoodie, you're half your hat. They're now turning around and saying, well, hold on, this Bob's going to be the one that I've got to sponsor, but I'm going to make the kits for Rangers, so I will spend that. And I think uh, that's kind of working for Castor already, early doors, you know what I mean? I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen quite seen, a uh, Sorry, on you go, mate. On you go, mate. I was just going to say, I've seen the, uh, the billboards and that already starting to pop up and stuff. We obviously, Rangers and Castor, so they obviously they're keen. I listened to the podcast last week, and the guy does seem keen to to get things rolling, so I think it's got to be a good partnership, to be honest. Aye, aye. Well, see if you go back to their website, when I went on, I, when, when I first heard the the first announcement, I think it was some journalist that, that broke the story, then Andy Murray's mother aye. said something, as soon as she tweeted something, I thought, right, I'll go on and have a look, and that's in order the first two days, it was a couple of weeks before Rangers made the official announcement, but you could pretty much get everything, and I went on the other day just to get a wee look, and there was all these T-shirts sold out, sold out, sold out. And, and even their, their, their caps as well sold out, which is a good sign because it means well, it means everybody's taking an interest in their, in their club and, you know, everybody seems to be buying quite a bit. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be better. It'd be better once, obviously, Rangers, or the, the Rangers gear comes out because the money's going into the club as well as Castor. But it's definitely drummed up a wee bit of excitement. And I think people are looking forward to getting behind this 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 company because it's a it's a partnership deal that's that's going to work and I think people are excited about that prospect because obviously as we know previous deals have been a shambles right. and it came to the point where people were boycotting strips you know we're no buying this we're no buying that whereas this time you know we can get behind it you can spend your money with the the confidence that some of the money is going to go back to the club. Aye, well a few of the Castor have still kind of been in contact with us and I've asked them. If we could maybe see if we could tie up and do something for the podcast going forward, maybe a Rangers thing, and they've kind of agreed to allow us to give away a Rangers Castor product um, on this particular feature on the show, you know, the Bears Corner. So that will hopefully be coming in the next few weeks once they start to announce their, or reveal their Rangers uh, gear. So I'm pretty kind of excited about that, and I think fair play to them, you know, for actually for actually doing that. Have you He's heard anything of when it's going to be any of you heard anything when they've got to be releasing or is no. it quite getting hit close to the chest kind of thing? A couple of weeks I think they said but who knows? <laughs> Nobody really knows what's going on in this current climate do we? I mean in terms of this lockdown and this virus carry on everything's a wee bit up in the air Aye. so you can understand why people won't want to make a commitment come and say it's coming out on the 16th of June you know what yeah. I mean until you know 100% you, you kind of need to keep your cards close to your chest a bit I think aye aye well this this episode obviously we're going to look back at the season that's just concluded obviously recently we've we've marked two years since Stephen Gerrard taking charge at Ibrooks. first season well documented we've done pretty well up to Christmas and then it kind of the wheels come off again similar to this season although I think last season probably even though we said it I don't think I genuinely believed that we could probably take them out of the course you know I think if we were running them close we'd have done well but obviously the wheels come off this year getting into the season what was your, what was your hopes Baz for, for what, what we would achieve this year what was your realistic expectations realistic expectations was a double and a decent run in Europe mm-hmm. and I think 
I, I, I don't think I was setting the, the bar that high. I honestly thought they had a really good chance of winning a league, winning a cup. Mm-hmm. And to begin in the, the, the first half of the season, it looked like we were, we were on track to meet the expectations. And it was obviously disappointing come Christmas that, you know, like you say, the wheels started to come off, even though we were still doing well in Europe. We were unlucky with the, the, the League Cup. We should have won that. And I, I, I think that made it difficult to accept because if they'd have, if they'd have beat us, you know, or whatever, then you can, you can put your hands up and say, right, the bet is. But Aye. we battled them all the park. Aye. And, and we should have... We should have that should have been the catalyst to push his own. Because once these, these players get the, the feeling of lifting a trophy or the feeling of winning something, it will motivate them to go on and, and win other things. And it was just disappointing. Even right up to Christmas, right, you get out of it, right, we're out of it. And then you think, we, you know, we, we beat them 2-1 in a fantastic game. And even then you're still thinking, we're, we're going to go and do great good things here. Mm-hmm. And it was a really hard pill to swallow after Christmas. But I'm, it was, I still can't get my head on it. I don't know what happened. You try and analyse things, you look at it, where did we go wrong? And I I still can't get my head on it. I still don't understand it. It It's weird as well, like obviously, the amount of goals we scored before Christmas, then the difference after Christmas, it just seemed to dry up. Obviously, Morelos is a big factor in the amount of goals that we scored, but I think I read it was like 77 goals we scored before Christmas or 76 goals or something like that. But then, like, over 33 games. But then on, what are we doing, obviously? Um, we were 15 games. We only scored the 22 goals. Now, taking into consideration, it's still a lot of goals at all the games. But mm-hmm. add another 15 games onto that, it's only got to be 44 goals. That compared to 76 goals or 33 games, it's a big drop, you know what I mean? Uh, it seems to be we struggle to break teams down. You're, you're right, because obviously Morelos gets sent off in that game at Parkhead and we lost them for, what was it, four games or something like that. Uh, and... That kind of, again, we lost a lot of players because we lost Tav as well coming back. And I think that Defoe. Kind of, Defoe was another one he went down. And it was it the cup game he went down in, wasn't it? I think it was the cup game. I did. Or was it St. Martin um, in the league or something like that? He, 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 the hamstring it went, wasn't it? Uh, he, went, he went down injured. And Gerard said himself, and I suppose it was probably one of my fears going into the season, was I know we had Defoe, obviously we had Morelos because we managed to keep a hold of him. But one of my fears was if we did lose Morelos, to, to be competitive in Europe, to be competitive in the in the cup competitions and to still go the distance with him in the league, Morel, uh, Defoe playing four games in a week or three games in a week at his age just wasn't going to be feasible in my opinion. And I think that the club should have went out. And, and of course, they did get Camberry in eventually in January. But I think they should have went out and tried to buy another striker outright. You know, he, he possibly challenge Morelos. If, if you could do that, given Morelos' ability. But I just think we kind of left ourselves a wee bit short and it's shown a wee bit after Christmas. Agreed. Uh, but the, I think because we got after a flyer, we, we didn't really notice these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, us as fans, we don't need to notice it. But like you say, the management should have noticed it. Like, uh, Darren touched on the amount of goals we scored, I'm pretty sure. I think it was something like in the first 11 games, we scored 33 goals and Defoe got two hat-tricks. Aye. I think it was uh, Hibs when we beat them 6-1 and they got another one Hamilton. against Hamilton. Hamilton, aye. Aye, that's the one. So Defoe was flying at the beginning of the season. Morelos was scoring a bunch of goals. I think he got a double on that Hibs game I mentioned. So the two of them were, the two of them are really on form. So you kind of overlook these things. But like you say, as soon as suspension start creeping in or, or injuries start creeping in, we're going to be left a wee bit short. But I thought Greg Stewart, he was coming off the bench and he was doing, he was doing all right. I don't know if we get much of a chance, to be fair, no. but I, I definitely agree that maybe we left it a wee bit late to get a quality a quality striker in. But the issue you're going to get is, if you find a quality striker, are they going to be con- content being that third, Aye. that third option? Aye. I don't know if there's a lot, of, a lot... Don't get me wrong, I think any striker should... Or they, you would love to pull on that Rangers jersey, even if it means your third place. Aye. You know, you're, you're playing for Rangers, I'll sit and wait my turn. And you get yeah. great players who will wait their turn and get their opportunity, but it's just finding that player that's, that's quality enough for us, but also going to sit in third place and wait their turn. Well, I, well, I don't believe us. Um, like, see, when they let Lafferty go, I thought we'd have maybe got somebody in to cover. Maybe Gerard just couldn't get what he was looking for at that point in time. So I don't think he would have been ideally wanting to get into the season without the third striker, or maybe thought that Stuart was um, good enough for the backup. Right. Like he says, but I don't think, I don't think Greg Stuart said a. a 
run enough, like long enough running the team. He does come on and looks the part, but I don't think he's had a like, consistent amount of games to show what he can actually do for us, which is a wee bit frustrating because I think he is quite a decent player and good for the team. Again, I don't, I don't want to praise them, but I feel as though Lennon went and got a plan B. He went with the three at the back and he went to two up front when Griffiths was fit again. And mm-hmm. I feel as though with another striker in there, I don't know if Morelos can play with another striker because we've not really seen it much. And Morelos is, you know, Morelos at the end of the day, it is about him at times. <laughs> it is I'm the man and that's it. And that's understandable. Completely, I completely understand it. He has carried us at times, you know. And we wouldn't be in the league kind of title race up to the, no. the game at Parkhead without Morelos, you know, and his goals that you've touched upon, Dan. But he's, I don't know, I just feel as though maybe some games he could... You could change it a wee bit. You could maybe go to up and, and I know there's different formations within the formation that we use and Michael Beals touched on that quite openly in, in a public forum about we don't play with two wingers, we play with two tens. And again, when we brought in Hadji, I don't know if we play Hadji as much as Hadji's a, a brilliant player, but I don't know if we play Hadji in the correct position to get enough out of him. You know, to make him involved enough. Aye, because he kind of came in and they get put out in the right wing. Aye. And the thing is, we started changing the team quite a bit to accommodate Hadji to make sure, he's a, a quality player and it's a Good fantastic time. signing, but when he came in I felt there was a lot getting moved about to to suit him or, or get him in the team. It started off Arfield doing that right wing with Aribo in the middle, then he switched, they put Aribo down there and Arfield sort of playing in the middle and it started gelling a wee bit, it started going between the two of them. Hadji comes in and I just felt there was a, a massive shift in the team, you know everybody's wanting it to change to accommodate Hadji, but it's no, it's no his natural position doing that right wing. You know, like you say, number 10 and behind the striker or whatever. But that means if that's going to be the case, if they're going to play Hadji in his natural position next season, it means the whole formation and shape of the team is going to need to change. But I'm not yeah. saying that's a bad thing. You know, that, that can be a good thing. A hundred percent. I'd be I'd be up for... I mean, Gerard's formation that he's got, I like it. I think it's high press. I think he goes after teams. And I think in Europe you see the best arrangers at times and it's no coincidence that we've done so well in Europe because teams like to play it for the back like we do in Scotland but we kind of then turn into the the Kilmarnock if you like and we're allowed that, that opportunity to sit, hold and press them high up the park and some of the teams can't, they can't cope with us when we do that but it's then flipping that and, and as I've said some of the players that I've spoke to for the podcast they've even said it in fact David Robertson said it he said that one day he was playing and a Wednesday night against Juventus in the Champions League, and then the Saturday he was going to Fur Hill to play against Partick Thistle. He says, and you're buzzing against Juventus, and you've got a job today, and and whatever. He says, but then you go to the Partick Thistle game, the shackles are off a wee bit, which he thinks great. He says, but the surroundings, it's cold, it's wet. He said, it's just, it's a different mentality. He says, and that's the key to playing for Rangers is being able to get yourself up. But and a perfect example for that is the Braga game where Ibrox was absolutely unbelievable when Hadji scored his his free kick, and we get back to three two. We go back. We won in three two, and then we go to. Obviously, we go the away leg. We come back for that, and we get knocked out the cup off our hearts. And mm-hmm. it's that whole thing of being able to turn it and and be the team then that's in the ascendancy and know the team that's maybe holding their game plan. But I, I, I think see nobody can, when we're at it. I think nobody can touch us, um, especially in Scotland. Like we're, we're all our end of it when we're at it. But again, I don't feel there's any middle ground with us. I don't feel like we're at either at it or we're not. I don't yeah. think there's any... I, I don't see as like, we don't play badly and get the result. If we play bad, we either draw or, you know, we're, we're losing the game. But yeah. when we're at it, we're trouncing teams. But that's the thing as well. We've not got... I, like, the, the formations don't change enough for when we are playing not our best to grind out and get the result. And I think that's what we need. A couple of extra players as well to come in competition for places, a couple of changes and hopefully then, even when we're not at it we're still grinding at the results What are you getting to add? I, I, I agree with everything you just said there Darren the first half of the season I thought last season in particular, that was a major issue, one each against Hamilton or whatever, or a team like that and we couldn't finish it, I felt the first half of the season we were starting to find a way to win games, for example um St Mum, you know, doing their usual, sitting in, and we couldn't break them down. Up steps, uh, Borna Barisic scores a fantastic free kick, which I think was a catalyst for him to go on and have a, a really good first half of the season, because yep. his confidence wasn't great. In fact, he was, he was nearly out the door last yep. season, you know, the season before that. He went away internationally and played a fantastic game, a, a fantastic win for Croatia, come back, 
and then he was starting to get his act together. That free kick really went on and pushed him on, but it was just a, an example of late in the game how we're going to find a way to win the game. And I thought we were starting to do that up until Christmas. And then Stanley said that it, it just started getting back to its old self again. We've only, we've only putting teams away when we should be. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't, I don't have the answer. I don't know how it happened. I think it was good, it? It's just, it's easy just to... It was like yin and yang just totally like flipped the switch and it was mm-hmm. just difficult. The passing, different. we just seemed, I don't know, we just, just didn't seem the team that we were before Christmas. It was totally different team. I, I don't know, obviously we need to touch on the fact that Fodringham, Halliday, etc. There's been a ladder that's announced it's leaving, leaving the club. I don't know if maybe some players, and I hope I'm wrong because it, it means that you're, you're, you're needing to get an hard good few in the summer, but... I don't know if some of your players have had that much of a beating off of them that mentally it's like them in the 90s. You know, Rangers didn't play well. I mean, the cup final is a perfect example. We went into a cup final against St Mern, expected to win it. When down to nine men, Walter Smith comes out his, his seat in the, in, the, in the stand, basically, where the dugout is at Hamden, comes down there and wins us the cup. Again, just Rangers, we can't get beat. We need to win the cup, we need to win the cup. You flip that to this year's final, were absolutely outstanding. I was in the, in the stand that day and I thought Rangers were brilliant. The only thing we did in the day was stick the ball in the back of the net. And had we done that, had Morello scores a penalty, I think we'd go on and win the game. But I just it's almost like they've got that mental thing out of us and now that we, we just can't kick it. Yeah. No. Something that we're going to sort out, definitely. But that day, as, as I say, it was a hard one to swallow. I mean, we battled him yeah. up and down the, up and down the pitch. That's and that's we just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Aye. That big idea probably the best day in his career. Best game in his career. That big dunk one in, you know, but... What's his name? Was it Forrester? Forrester, aye. Probably the best game in his career. Aye. He did. He did. Was, that, that was the thing. Like, knowing that we, we, we annihilated them, like, that's the most dominant in years that I'd seen a Rangers team early. And I just thought, Surely we can't lose it, but as the minutes ticked down, you're like, oh, and then it happened, and then but the being offside as well, that just that just sticks in your throat, you know what I mean? But it's things like this that should be used as a catalyst going forward. Like like you're saying, Scott, mentally, it is that taking a beat in the years, maybe the clear out's a good thing for some some of the players now bodies coming in. But it should be used as a catalyst, like I don't know, the fans, like stuff like that, if it gets the fans up. So surely the players must be looking at it like, right, well, this is it. And mm-hmm. both it, you know. I couldn't, no I, I couldn't wait to get to the game at Parkhead because I thought, right, if we play the same way, we know we can get at them, we know we can beat them. It's just a case of proving it. And and in that day, I thought, right, that's it. The light bulb, it's switched, that's it. We know that we can beat them now. I mean, we even suffered the setback within the game of them getting another goal that shouldn't have stood, technically. All right, for the benefit of us, have seen it four and five replays. The referee's got to see it in real time and it's a hard job, etc. But I thought, that's it. They've suffered a setback during the game. They've, they've, they've recovered for it. We, we're there now. We're going to push on now. We're going to win the league. And then I, I've never been as confident. In, and I include last year, the January, obviously getting into the January break, we beat them at Ibrooks. I still thought, we'll still need a lot of luck in our side here to, to be able to topple them come the end of the season. This year, I was confident, this is it. This is our year. We're going to stop it and it strikes the new and that's it done. How did you say, mate? I'm- after that game on the 29th, I thought, right, we've done it. This is, like you said, this is a big turning point. We've finally beat them. They know what it's like to beat them. It was as if, like Darren was saying, that was the catalyst for the, the, the League Cup final. Right. They've went and battered them, knew they battered them, and they've took that confidence into that game, thinking, right, we're going to win, we're going to win this game here. And they've done it. And I was like, right, here we go. We're going to, we're going to push on here. We're going to win the league. And I, I, I firmly believed it. Now, in previous seasons, you see, I said, I remember they had a good chance of winning the league. Because you, you support your team and that's what you do. Yep. But that, at that point, I truly and firmly believed that we are winning the league. Um, you know, I think we had a, couple, they were a, a few, we had a few games in hand. They were a few points ahead or whatever. And it was like, I will win the games, beat them here, we're top of the league, and we're going to push on. And I, and I was honestly on uh, speaking to other people about it, saying, I can't see us dropping any more points. Mm-hmm. Just looking at the during the games. Aye. That, was the form. Was that, that was the form, that was the type of style we were playing, but we did think that like, we went there comfortable again and absolutely horsed them in their stadium. And I, I think every Rangers fan left there thinking, this is it. Mm-hmm. And then 
obviously come the break, come Christmas. Again, we beat the last last year we played Kilmarnock lost, obviously we got all that first game, won that, then we went to Kilmarnock lost again. Then the doubt starts creeping in. I think that's what happened to the players as well. Like you could see the fans after that game as well, like oh hold on the new. Maybe it's not going to be as plain sailing as we thought and then it just fell away. That was criminal. That Kilmarnock game was criminal, man. Absolutely criminal. I do not know what happened even in that game. Never mind the season. See the turn, we're talking about turning points at Parkhead when at Parkhead we all thought that was going to be the turning point. But then it was like, oh, we just played the again, game where we left off that season, you know what I mean? It was um, a bit of a swallow, put it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, even going back to the first game against Kilmarnock, we obviously suffered the setback of them equalising. And then we, we dug in and we got the goal right at the very end. Conor Goldson, the infamous fucking disabled roof collapsing and all that, you know, and all, all that stuff that came. The Big Bad Rangers done it again and ran away. And it's just, just like, on, can you know, just commentate on the fact that we've, we've we never beat Kilmarnock, I don't think, the year before. You know, we did points left, right and centre to them. We've came here the first day. We know it's a tricky first game. We've done it. We beat them 2-1. We move on. No, then we still had to go back. But obviously, the European run, I think, was our, our highlight this season. And we beat some really, really good sides. And that, your Feyenoord, uh, Porto, etc. Really, really good good teams. What did you make of the, of the European run, obviously, for the, for the start? And we get the chance of a wee bit of retribution against Progress Niedercon, which I think we should have really, really pummeled him and kind of got a wee right. bit of revenge for Pedro in the hedge. But hey-ho. <laughs> I, I thought the European run was magic uh, obviously the Leverkusen game was probably the most disappointing but well no most disappointing I was more disappointed with the young boys game see dropping the, the late goals to them on Aye. both games especially the one over there that was um, I thought we, we played played day, played day after park as well I thought we were the better team in both games and it's just just like a Concentration cost us both games at the end of the day. But um, all in all, I thought, fantastic run. Excellent run. Couldn't believe how far we went, to be honest. But right, back, right back even to the, the, you know, the, the qualifiers. Uh, St. Joseph's, we beat them 4-0, then 6-0. Like you say, progress. That was something that we were all a bit nervous about. But confident getting into it. We knew we were going to get out of it. Mitchelland and then Legia Warsaw, which was, I think it was one no we ended up beating them in the second leg. Aye. Now, it was, a, it was a pretty tough group. Porto, Young Boys, Feyenoord and ourselves. Finishing second in that group, we had a point behind Porto, who have won European trophies, done amazing things. Young Boys as well were, were, were nay, nay mugs, you know, really, really Aye. tough, tough, uh, really tough side. Really but, tough um, sorry, was that, was that me? I, I, don't, know, I don't know what it was. Sorry, mate. Um, uh, but I thought there was some really good, really good runs in the, the European games. Like Bragg obviously stands at three-two at Ibrooks, Porto two-nil at Ibrooks, uh, Feyenoord. So there's been a lot of a lot of good games and a lot of good runs, and that's the games that the team, the team seems to get up for. And then, like you say, they're coming back and having to play teams like St. Mung, and it must be hard to get motivated for it. Aye. But overall, I thought it was a tremendous run. Was, we, we, to be fair, we far kind of punched above our weight anyway. I mean, you touched on Porto. Porto were in the quarter-final of the Champions League what, the season before, you know what I mean? So, to, to actually beat them, you know, at home, and, and we played well earlier as well, you know, we were worth our point, that's for sure. Uh, if not, maybe even taking the, the, the three, you know. Um, Morelos, again, we just, his goal at home was frightening, and his goal earlier, what a finish, but... It's just, it's one of the ones where you, you, you were just thinking, right, that is it. This is, it's, it's almost, it's typical Rangers. They build you up and build you up and build you up and then the sucker punch is just so hard to take. And you think to yourself, why did I even bother? You know, because you, you, you get so buzzing, your social media is stuck. That's it, man, Facebook, Twitter, everything. We're, that's, we're taking this. We're, I mean, even even the Europa League, you're sitting there going, that's, you know, right, Leverkusen are a good side, they're a really, really good side. But before we play the Mybrooks, you're going, we've done well in this competition. You know, you're going to feeling a wee bit of buzz about it and going, yeah, we can, we can do something here against them. Obviously, they showed their class in the end and they are a decent side. But, I mean, I even watched them at the weekend there and they're, they're a different class to watch. They really are. They're a different class to watch. It was no shame. Ultimately, we would have went out against them. But it's just 
just one of the things. Obviously, the Scottish Cup, we've touched upon, we come back for the Braga game. Everybody's buzzing. We go through it now. That night, actually, I was having an overnight in the missus with the tune, in the tune. And I says to her, I'm not going to watch the game. I says, I'm going to have more of my attention. Whatever, that's it. I'm not watching the game. And then, <laughs> needless to say, I ended up with it on my phone. <laughs> and it was a job. <laughs> it was a job to make sure it didn't ruin the rest of the night. But, oh, what a calamitous performance, man. <laughs> oh. That that was, uh, again, like the 3-2 game, you're like, right, I see it be turning for again and then. <laughs> Oh, it was horrendous to watch. It was just, it was terrible. There's nothing else you can say. It was, you just knew. For the first 10 minutes, you're like, oh, what did they? You just knew. Aye. And that was, at that point, a lot of people thought that was the end of the season. You know what I mean? A lot of people thought that was the end of Gerard at that point. Aye. You know, which I, di- I didn't agree with, to be quite honest with you, because I think the guy's done a tremendous job, given where we were when he took over, to where we are now. I think he's it's absolutely night and day and he deserves to be in that job. But we need to have a wee bit of progress going into next season now, again, that word progress, but we need to have a wee bit of, you know, I mean, who was it that said, it was Charlie Miller that says to us, he says he would rather go out and see sign four quality players that go straight in and make our first 11 better than signing 10 decent players who make our overall squad better. I think we do need to have I more quality in the depth of the squad that we have, but I think we need to have better quality within our first eleven. That if Morelos is off it, or if Morelos suspended, injured, whatever, that we we don't rely on him so heavily to get to get the three points that day. I I totally agree with I totally agree with that. Not like you say, not only that, but a wee bit of competition always pushes players on yep. to perform a wee bit. There. If they know somebody's right at their heels eh, for the position, then they're going to they're going to train harder. They're going to play better. But I totally agree with the sentiment that we need to improve the start in the living. There's no point in getting... I mean, we've got a massive squad to the point where we're Aye. actually... We need to make it smaller. Aye. But we, need, we really need to get quality in, like you say, sign three or four quality players. And I don't think... Like, you're hearing rumours about... Shit, from a fair way. You're hearing rumours about uh, Lyndon Dykes or uh, Boy Ferguson, Ferguson. Aber- Aberdeen. Good players in the rain, right? However... I don't think that's what we need. We need players that are going to come in and go right in at the start of the living. Quality players that's going to go right in at the start of the living. How many mid, how many midfielders we got? You know, uh, young Ferguson, if he comes in, you've already got Ryan, Jack, Kamara, Davis, Arfield, Aribo. You've already got a bunch of players already in that position. So I don't see how it's going to benefit us going for a player like that. Lyndon Dykes, as much as he's done great against them, a couple of goals, and he's always looked fairly decent. Again, is he the guy that's going to push... Morelos own and you know make him fight for his position. I'm also sure he is, but like you say, I, I totally agree with the sentiment that we need to get three, four, maybe five quality players in there that are going to that are going to start. We need a right wing, I think, as well. Uh, I've even yeah. heard, you know, I know that uh, Kent is interchangeable between the left and right wing. If you move him out of the right, it means you're going to need to put some down the left, and it's going to be something like Jordan Jones or something like that. Uh, Jamie Murphy, who I don't know what his future's going to be. Aye. But uh, again, that's, that's not making the start in the living overall any better. No. I think you keep Kent out on the left and you get somebody else in that right wing to, to, to boost the, the start in the living. Like you say, I totally agree with what you're saying. We need to get some quality players in to make the start in the living better and no expand the squad. It's a big season uh, for, for I, Kenny. I think. Aye. You know what I mean? It's a, 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 a huge season for him, so. He started off well, and obviously he lost his confidence a wee bit. Then the Braga game, obviously, he got the goal. But then, like, even in the Hearts game, he just looked like the, the player before the Braga game, if that even makes sense. Aye. And then, I think we do, like eh, Baz was saying, we do need we need competition for place. I think we need a right-back as well, a good, decent right-back to come in and challenge Tav. Tav's had that position without any competition for the last three, four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've got mm-hmm. young American boy there, but poster, but I don't think um, he's got to push him very far. I don't know if he's in Gerard's plans or no, but I think we need a, definitely a centre-back, a right-back, and a striker to, to push um, Morelos and a right-winger, 100%. Four quality st- uh, signings, I think, is definitely needed to push Celtic next season for to stop them in 10, you know. Well, that's, nine and three quarters. That's, that's the thing. The, the, the pressure is ramped up tenfold and 
pardon the pun, but tenfold next year because regardless of what we think, and obviously isn't a full season completed, we had two games against them with a game in hand. We could technically still have caught them, regardless whether it's likely or no, it doesn't matter. Right? We've been in a situation where we've been five behind before to go or three to go, and we've won the championship in helicopter Sunday. So to, to say the league was done is just ridiculous in my opinion. But next year, they are going for 10, whether we like it or not, and we need to make sure that we have enough in reserve to stop it. Otherwise, you know you're, you know you're both of you go to Ibrox, you know yourself, it'll be a nasty, nasty place to play. And if people can't can I cope the new when things have really been relatively all right under Gerard? You know, there's been pressure, aye, but it's not been ramped up to the point where it's, we've seen under Pedro, we've seen under Warburton, we've seen under McCoy, Stephen. It's no turned that nasty, nasty way yet, and and that's the way Ibrooks can go. Because as much as we're the, we are the greatest supporters in the world, it's hard to accept when we've when we've been spoiled with so much success over the years. And and when that happens, you'll separate the Rangers players for the people who shouldn't be at the club, you know, and your McGregor's. I mean, I think Kenny Miller tells the story of the Ryan Jack goal when we beat them 1-0 and the dressing room's going nuts. And Stephen Davis, and eh, no Stephen Davis, sorry, Al McGregor's sitting in his cell in the corner saying, why are you celebrating? We've no one in. All we've done is take three points off them. That's the mentality we need, the relentless mentality that goes, I we might be ahead. I we might have the advantage like we had at Christmas. But we need to push on. We need to ram that home. We need to make sure we leave with the trophy. I I totally get that, and that was one of the, the things that go, why I was so confused. Because if you look at there was in that team, you had Alan McGregor, Stephen Davis, Jermaine Defoe, players that have won things, mm-hmm. and they, they know what winning feels like. And that's why I was so confused as to how this is happening. But how the fuck are we taking this slippery slope when you've got leadership like that? For himself at Liverpool, you know what I mean. He, I mean, he inspired the comeback in the, in the Champions League, Istanbul. There's so much there. Gary McAllister, a winner. You know, Michael Beale's been in part of the Chelsea, Liverpool, huge clubs down south that have won things. Backroom staff under Mourinho, etc. There is so much quality in there, and, and leadership quality, as you said, Buzz. That these sort of things shouldn't happen. That should not happen, especially not a club like us. Agreed, but I've all had this as well. You, as a Rangers player, shouldn't need Gerard McAllister, yep. Alan McGregor, Defoe, Stephen Davis to get you motivated to go out and, put, and pull that shirt on. That should be enough for you. Pulling that shirt on and doing that down, simply the best play, that should be enough for any player to get motivated. Mm-hmm. You, you shouldn't need all the, the superstars and winners to get you up for a game. If, if you can't get motivated, then I think you're in the right place. The thing with previous teams as well is that they, they had a core of Rangers supporters in there and I think that's another thing we're missing. Now we've got we've got Davis, we've got Jack, we've got McGregor but you look at Walter Smith teams and all that like through the years like it was core Rangers players they knew what it was like to play for the team winners. No disrespect to Tavernier or the players like that. They've came for teams where you're no needing to win every week and it doesn't matter how long you've been there. Like They, they don't know what the club's about. You know, I mean, maybe no, they do, but like for me, McGregor, born and bred in it. You know what I mean? He's came through the ranks. That's how he's sitting in the corner of his cell because he knows what it is like. Like Baz was saying, he pull on that shot. We, I still feel that the majority of the team don't grasp how big and how heavy the shot is. You know what I mean? Like it's to us fans, it's your life. But like, there's players in there that's just like, well, we've lost the game, we need to go just to try and win next week. Whereas I think it's still. Like with Gerald and that, they're they're trying to they're trying to like put it right through that you need one. Mm-hmm. But I still don't think a, a few players are grasping now. I think they're still it's in one year out the other and it's just like, well it's a bad result, just move on and take it next week kind of thing. And I think we need some Rangers men or people that know what the club's about just to right through the centre of the team to make sure that we, we can push forward, you know what I mean? Grab the team by the scruff of the neck kind of thing. Sorry, on you go, Scott. On you go, on you go. I was just—I don't really want to start hating on Tavry. I don't want to turn it into that no, no. sort of thing. But I—I I, I question is he—is he the man to be the captain of the team right now? The reason I say that we—I can't even put the result was it was a very very poor result, and he went off the pitch. And Andy Halliday had to come out and speak to the media about how how bad it was. Andy Halliday didn't even play in that game. He didn't even come off the bench. 
why is Andy Halliday having to come out and speak to the press and apologise for that, for that, that, that performance? He's moving the captain of the team, but... Hamilton game at Ibrox, wasn't it, I think? If the lady won the think I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, no. but I think that might have been it. And it just goes to show Halliday's natural leadership that he was willing to come out and stand up in front of a camera and apologise and, and basically take responsibility on behalf of the fans because, uh, sorry, on behalf of the players because he understands what it means to the fans and he understands what it means to be a player. Like you say, some of them just don't get it, I think. Uh, well, I spoke, obviously I announced it on Twitter, but I spoke to Kenny Miller and, and it'll be out in a few weeks, but Kenny Miller had said that that game, and not to give too much away for it, obviously, but that game that they beat us at Hamden, the 4-0 game where it oh, shit hit the fan with Murty and Miller and Wallace and all that. And Kenny Miller said that where he sat in the dressing room at Hamden was right in the middle. He says he doesn't know if it was number nine because he was number nine. He'd half the team to his left, half the team to his right, etc. He said, and that day, obviously, Lee Wallace was out, club captain, but he was out. Miller was on the bench. And Tavernier was the captain. No, again, just echo what Barry says. I don't want to turn into a hating James Tav thing because it's no James Tavernier's gave us a lot of good moments. I, personally, myself, do I, do I think he's again defensively? Sometimes you can question him, but ultimately he's gave us a lot of good moments. But he sat there apart at that day, and Miller says he looked around the place after that game, and Tav made eyes with him as if is somebody going to speak here. Now, for me, whether you're permanent captain of Rangers or no, you were the captain on that day, he should have been the one standing up there getting it loudy. Obviously, it fell onto the shoulders of Kenny Miller, and quite rightly so, because he was a senior senior player and he'd been there all, all the course of it. And Lee Wallace obviously stepped up as captain as well, and ultimately it led to the two of them having a kind of a nasty end to the Rangers career, which I don't think either of them deserved, and that's just my opinion on it. I don't think they deserved it. I think they gave a lot to Rangers over the years, and I didn't like to see two of your kind of own, if you like, going out in that way. But it, it happened. And I just, even then, even talking to Kenny, I still I still don't know if there's if there's that many in there. And, and, and talking to guys like, as I've said, Kenny Miller, Charlie Miller, David Robertson, I just don't know if we see enough of that. We're Rangers, we're, we need to win. It's, it's you know, it's almost like the whole Warburton thing where we learn for it and go again. No, we can't learn for it and go again. We need to make sure that when we go again, we've righted whatever wrongs there was and we're going to get the points this time or we're going to win the cup or whatever it is. But it's, it's, it just worries me going into the season. Maybe I'm just being pessimistic and usually I'm the most optimistic. But it just worries me going into the season that I think we do need a kind of mini clear out in some regards. And I, I don't mean to be negative about the team because I do think they've done well this year. But... Ultimately, we, we need to make sure that whatever's happened during the last two years doesn't happen again. Although we'll be looking for a new manager. I, I, I agree with that, Scott. Like you're saying, players ramped up tenfold uh, next next year. It's right for the start. There's no margin for error. Like he's had a couple of years, the teams, the, maybe the fans haven't been as hard as, they, as we usually are. But this year, it's right for the start and there's no letting up. We need to be in the talk in the papers, not so he needs to win silverware. I think we need to win the league next year. It doesn't matter if it's silverware, Scottish Cup, League Cup. We need to win the league next year, and that's that's it. We need, and like you say, we need a few players out and players in that know what it's about because we need to, that. What is is stopping that ten for us? I think anyway. See, see next season, Darren. See if we win the Scottish Cup, the League Cup, and have a good run in Europe. That's not good enough. That's that's unacceptable. The, the league is the priority, one hundred percent. It's that that's all it should matter to everybody. Uh, there was a saying for a show called Game of Thrones, right? And when you play the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the stage we're at next season. You either win or you die. Because second second place is fuck all. Second place is first loser. Right. Uh, second place means nothing. Scottish Cup will mean nothing. The League Cup will mean nothing. A run in Europe will mean nothing if you don't win a league. If you win a league, fantastic. If I mean, amazing. You win a league, absolutely amazing. If you win a Scottish Cup, a League Cup, get a good game in Europe, then that's fantastic. An XP bonus. But none of that will mean a thing unless you win a league. The thing is with the League Cup, is the League Cup, obviously, miraculously, the Scottish League has decided that we can't finish the league season. However, we can finish the Scottish Cup next year. Now, whether that's to facilitate another 
treble for something. I mean, not to go into it, obviously it's not in the day with Rangers, but it's, it's getting sidetracked slightly. Hearts might not even have the same squad, given the fact they might be going down. That's outrageous. That's, I didn't even know that. That's, that's, that can't be allowed, surely to God. Do you know what I mean? That's madness to think that. That's all done there to facilitate and help, and, well, I suppose to allow one team to achieve something. That's it. That's what it's done for. So for me, the League Cup, yeah, I, we, need to win, we do need to win the League and I would give it up for the League, Europe included. But I think the League Cup becomes even more important this year than what it is in previous years because it'll be the first cup to, to, to kind of wrestle back for them. And I think, we need mm. to, I think we need to get that psychological boost before we can then go and win the League because if we make it to a final again and end up getting beat after them, I, I don't know how some players recover for that. Uh, do you know what I mean? I don't know how to support. It's like, oh no, here we go again. And I think we, we do need to wrestle that League Cup back from. But I, I agree with you, we, we, we will gear it all up for, for the League Championship, of course we would. But psychologically, getting that first trophy can then kick on to hopefully achieving the League Championship. And that's, that's, a, that's a really good point. I have a really good point. So, um, is there anything else we want to bring up in regards to maybe the. The first half of the, the season, uh, obviously we've touched a wee bit in the second half, but... Personally, I thought... So, sorry, Darlene, go away. On the one you go back, mate, I'm, I'm going to some stuff, mate. I, I, thought, I, I, thought the, 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 I thought like everybody else, it was a really good first half of the season. We've done well. We were scoring a bag of goals. The four looked good. The team looked good. The team looked hungry. Right up to Christmas, we bet them. Amazing, amazing result. We were doing really good in Europe. Everything, everything was going well. And then I don't know what happened. And I, 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 it makes me sad thinking about it. It really does. I can't even figure it out. And see if, see if you've got a team that's playing shit, you know, you go, right, that's the, that's the problem. Here's, we were missing the players. He was playing shit or whatever, but we never had any of that. You know what I mean? I was pointing to overhead for a full squad and it just, it just looked as if they weren't interested. I mean, we touched on Tav that, earlier on, obviously, in a wee bit of negative. But Tav in that, that game at Parkhead, I thought Tav was absolutely a man mountain in that game. You know, nobody was getting by him. He was absolutely terrific, they all were. And then for some reason, I mean, and you've heard Hugh Burns on other football programmes saying about how, oh, they would get absolutely battered in Dubai and it, and it led to unrest and what a shite. You know, I think four lads had a dream confirmed. It was a lot of shit. But we just, I don't know. I don't know. But starting when we come back, obviously, Scottish Cup, I think it was Stranraer. What, what did we make of the, the kind of return? We've touched on it a wee bit. It was 2-0, two, two wasn't it? We beat them. Aye. Should have been about 10. Aye, aye but he, he played a weekend team, if I remember right. And I just think we got off. Well, I thought that was the, the hurdle that we'd have, you know, we've came back the break looked alright like you say it could have been a lot more but then obviously wheels came off and we got go to Kilmarnock it seems again we could bring up psychology I think it's a psychological thing we you know Kilmarnock we'll give them a lot of time but as well struggled against Aberdeen obviously we beat them 5-0 in the first half of the season but mm. that seems to be that Kilmarnock and Aberdeen seems to be the teams that he's um, in heart seem to be the teams that he struggles most against for some reason Right. And I don't understand it. It's the three teams over these two seasons that I, what, we dropped points against. And I just well, don't, the thing I is, don't well, you're right, 100% correct in what you're saying with the Aberdeen results of previous seasons. And the thing is, see, when we started this season, we bet them 5 0, and I thought, right, this is it. I, I but, but we're at it. You know, we've dealt with that that uh, that thing on our back. We've managed to, to shake it off, and we just bet them 5 0. And that was another thing I, I felt really confident. And then as the season progressed, the old ways started creeping back in. And I thought there's no way two years in a row we can we're gonna mess this up at Christmas break because we've done it the season previously. There'll be a big chats about that. They'll be going in saying don't mess this up like you've done last year. Uh, and I just thought there's absolutely no way we're gonna date two years in a row. And but I'm I'm baffled by it. I'm like, totally baffled by it. Mm-hmm. Even the <laughs> even the most simple games like the home games where you're St Martins, etc., it became a slog. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rather than us going out there and, and put and we get that they're going to sit ten behind the ball or eleven behind the ball, and we've got to break them down. For me, you've got Haji, Kent, etc. We should be enough to, to do that. But like Baz was saying, it just they didn't seem interested. Nobody was the ball. Name just fell right across the back, across the pitch, across the nobody, and it's just, it's just they just didn't seem interested at all. Obviously, as well, like. 
we're saying we were flying at the start of the season uh, before Christmas. You've got a lull. I just think a lot of the players just hurt bad form at the same time and it just made the, the full team suffer. We didn't have the quality in there to you know, replace who was in the it. And as much as we've got a big squad, what's, the, what's there outside the starting 11 isn't good enough, unfortunately? It's got to win. There's nobody, I wouldn't say there's like MD on the, the bench that you'd scream out to get on that's going to change the game for us on a, on a weekly basis, you know what I mean? And it's right, it's just one of the things. I think too many players post their form at the same time and it just we just couldn't cope. Right. I think as well, we know they're going to sit in. Everybody knows they're going to sit in. But it's up to us to, to, to deal with that and break them down. Mm-hmm. And for a wee while, I thought we were doing that. I thought we were figuring it out. And then it, it just started the old way, started keeping in. But as, as Darren touched on there, I think it all happened at the same time. A, a few heads went down at the same time. And, you know, it might have been a collection of small things that just sort of added up. And then as time progressed, we were getting poor results and then the heads all started going down. And it was, once you know that slippery, slippery slope, it, it was becoming evident that they were struggling to recover from it. Aye. Well, the, the the thing for the when we come back, obviously, and people were saying, "Oh, Braga will murder us, man! They'll, they'll knock us out here, and they'll be too, you know, they'll be too good for us." Obviously, yeah. I was one of the ones that kind of thought that could be the turning point again, but it just never seemed to come. As we said, we went to the Castle Scottish Cup game; we were really, really poor, getting knocked out, and then going on for that, we seemed to just kind of stagger along for one disaster to the other, and I don't know where coronavirus saved us in the end, but. It was just horrendous to watch one. I mean, see, you're touching on the the, the, the the Braga game there. That's probably my highlight of the season in terms of being at Ibrox. Aye. There was a lot of there was a lot of good atmospheres, but that night was in particular was really good. Obviously, it was the end of February, so the results weren't been great up until that point. And everybody kind of knew there was two Rangers at this point. You know, there was. The Rangers in the big, the big nights, and then there's this Rangers that's slipping up and losing points to the, the Daphne teams, and it was very nervous getting into that game. But what a game it was! You know, to win three-two, big European night at Ibrox, place was packed, and it was an amazing night. And amongst a lot of poor results, sort of before and after it, but that was probably the highlight of the season for me, eh, getting to the games anyway at Ibrox. But uh, what a night that was! Uh, well, like obviously the goals that we conceded against them um, were quality goals like the first one was an absolute screamer you know what I mean um, but again we, we we dug in and we played well and I didn't think uh, even when we were 2 nothing doing, I still thought we could take something at the game and obviously Hadji stepped up got the goal and Ibrox just erupted and getting to the 3-2 it was, it was magic and like Scott was saying again you think well we've dug deep we, we can do it well, the, you know what I mean 2 nothing doing. But then go to Hearts and you're at the Scottish Cup and you're like, what the, what the fuck's just happened to you? Mm-hmm. And like you say, it's like the tale of two Rangers. Like there's, there's the, big, the, the, the team ready for the big games and there's the teams getting beat against teams that they shouldn't be. Especially Hearts are sitting bottom at that point in time in the league as well. We should be running all the tap of them. Aye. And Aye. for some reason we didn't. Two games. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that Braga game, they, I'm pretty sure their first goal was early on in the first half. I don't, I, I don't know, uh, and then there was no more, really much else happening. And then, and then they get the ball in the second time. Aye. Aye, and and then you think, oh, here we go. And then we get the two goals back. And then, like you say, the belief comes back. And then we go on and score that third goal. And you think, right, this, this is the Rangers we remember from before Christmas. Aye. I think when Arabo scored his goal, um, sorry, Arabo scored his goal. I think um, with the way that happened, like with the ball just sticking to him, going past three or four players. That's when and it went in you're like, oh, we can do this year. And then when we had I think everybody when we had you stepped up for that free kick, I think everybody in the stadium was just like, he's putting this away. I've never seen so much belief and expectation for a free kick in like years, you know what I mean? I, I think everybody knew this is getting in. And the, the the noise when when he scored was unbelievable, you know. I sat in the Copeland rear, I ended up two sections to the left. Because it was just bedlam, man, and we don't know. But I don't know where it ended up. I lost my dad. I've written that night. It was just mad. <laughs> you know, it was a crazy, crazy night. You've been involved, you know. But um, so you're talking about Aribo. See if you go back and watch that goal again when he picks the ball up. There's something like in the surrounding areas. There's something like eight Braga players within sort of spitting distance here. 
<laughs> if you just if you just pause it and look at all the players around about him and how he's managed to get through them all, it's something that it was amazing. You know, at the time, you know, I was I was sitting up in uh, uh, where the fuck was I sitting? The Sandy Jardin there. And when you watch it, you don't really realise the amount of players he's bet for up there. But when you go back and watch it in the telly, you <laughs> realise the amount of the amount of defenders that was running about him. But it's incredible. And like you say, it's kind of, it's kind of about four defenders up in front of him, but if you look at the overall picture of everybody that was running about him, it's pretty much a full team. He's one that, that we really, if, if if he takes on board what it means to play for Rangers, you know, and it's not always going to be pretty where he can do the kind of things, he's going to need to dig in. And I think the, the game at Parkhead, where we beat them, how he turned the ball out of the sky, you remember that as he was going down the right-hand side, he turned the ball out of the sky out and with one touch, Absolutely sublime. A great player on his day. Well, I think it was his best game for that, that last season was the Park Kid game. Like you said, the, the way that he took the ball down, I, I thought he was he was brilliant at the right. And Aye. he must obviously get set put through and goal and tired legs prevailed and he mucked up the shot. But I think he was outstanding that game. But again, I think now he's had his first season under his belt. I expect big things for him next season as well because now he's, he's had his season to settle in. Now he needs to show us what, why we've brought him in this season, 100%. Right. As would you make it Aribo's first kind of season? I think he's done particularly well. Hot and cold at certain spells. I didn't think Kevin Ojo played particularly well when we were on the, the, the part together. But when he get moved into that right right-hand side... I thought it looked really good. Sometimes I thought it slowed the play up a wee bit, uh-huh. you know. Um, but other than that, I felt his, his control, uh, his ability on the ball is probably his ability on the ball is probably the best in the squad, you know. Uh-huh. And, and um, I think he's done pretty well. But like Dan touched on, I think next season he needs to push on and you know really dig in, and I think he will. Uh, I think so as well. I think we'll see a. A fair bit of Aribo next year that will kind of hopefully see him become that kind of mainstay in the team. And he, he is one of the ones that when they go and get stuff, he can unlock a defence. You know, he's got that in his locker as he done against Braga. He's got that in his locker. It just has to be a wee bit more consistent, maybe. But we forget his age. We forget the level he played that before. No disrespect, but Charlton in, in League One, obviously, he got them promoted to the Championship. But he, he will be one that I think we can expect big things for in the, in the future. Um, Looking ahead to next season, who do we think? What do we think? Maybe should be coming in. What do we think? Maybe should be going out. We'd, obviously, we don't want to be too negative about the, about the squad as we've got the now, but definitely we need to free up room in that squad because, as Baz said, it is a big squad to begin with. So we need to free up wages. We need to free up space to, to get that quality in that we were talking about. Yeah, I was going to see touching on Arabo again before we went into that. It was just um, I, I still think that uh, we've no found his best position, see like Hadji, kind of moved things about. I don't think we've found his best position yet either. And I think, is he just after the striker as well? Uh, you know what I mean? So could that be something looking at, could we have Hadji and him just after strikers with other midfield? I don't know. I don't. I still think we need to find Aribo's best position as well. And yeah. um, that's what when you go back, signing. When you go back. I, I'm just, obviously there were six players that got released the other week, yeah. Yep. Jason Holt, Wes Fodderingham, Jack Anik, Jordan Roster, John Flanagan, and of course Andy Halliday, which I'm a wee bit gutted about Andy Halliday uh, for obvious reasons. I think we all, but we all understand how a football team progression works. Yep. And we all understand the team needs to get better, but I don't know, I reckon maybe there could have been a, you know, a, a second or third choice left back position for Andy Halliday within the, within the squad. Yes, I know he's a midfield player, but I think some of his best games when they came in this game, left back and they said there might be some other fringe players that might be might be further off. Uh, Glenn Middleton, Brandon Barker, Jamie Murphy, Matt Polster, uh, Jake Hastie. I don't know if there's a a place for them. They're going to go Aye. back out and loan. Greg Dockery, Jordan Jones. I don't know what they and Greg Stewart. I don't know what they are. But the plans are for them. There's some really good players there. I mean, you look at uh, Greg Dockery, for example. He went to Shrewsbury and Hibs, and he done well at both clubs. So I don't know what's, what the story is for him. That was the thing with the Lewis Ferguson link. I know. I wouldn't say that he's a, that he's any better than than what we've got in Dockery. I, I think 
don't get me wrong, Doherty's not stood out in any games for us that he's, he's played, but he's still young. I think if he gets a run of games, it could be some. It could be one to keep around, especially like for backup for like Davis and stuff like. Because obviously Davis is has not got to be playing week in week out this season. If gone by the, the form at the end of the season, there, I think it's um, he's starting to get to the end of his tether. So we need backup in there. And I think Greg Docherty still could do a job for Rangers. To be to be perfectly honest. Thing is, though, with Greg Docherty, you're talking about Lewis Ferguson. Lewis Ferguson has shown against Rangers how good he is, but it's the old saying: how can you, how do you do for Rangers? It's a lot easier to play against us than it is to play for us. And Docherty coming in, I don't think he's done anything particularly wrong when he's come into the team. I think he's been unlucky with the players, maybe that, that Gerard's brought in that he's yeah. not had many a shot at it. But ultimately, that's Rangers, I'm afraid, and you need Ready is relentless. Ready is fearless. Ready is fearing no foe. Ready for the next level? Renew your season ticket now and support Rangers into season 2021. Prices are frozen for next season and the renewals deadline is extended. Visit rangers.co.uk slash renew to secure your season ticket today. Always Rangers, always loyal. Just before we finish up, guys, there's kind of something I want to touch upon. Um, we've got a, a partnership starting with uh, Betpool, and it's going to kick in hopefully by the end of this week, maybe next week. We're just waiting on some graphics coming from uh, Betpool themselves to announce it. Uh, we will have a link. Betpool or a social betting. Uh, company, you go through into their community, we'll have a kind of community within them, and you can go in there and like, follow each other, and tipsters, etc, and people who, who who within our own wee community will have won, say, a £100 that weekend, right, they've won the most out of everybody, so they then are the people that we need to watch for next year, and see what they, uh, for next week, sorry, and see what they're doing, and we kind of follow on for that, and I think it'll be really, really good when the football starts back. Obviously, we've only got the Bundesliga starting back, but I think La Liga's coming back soon as well. So, obviously, be the foreign stuff that we can that we can talk about first and, and bet on first. And then, hopefully, when the English and the Scottish League start back, it'll start to grow a wee bit again and we'll hopefully build up a decent wee community within our podcast. And I think we'll, we'll try and do a thing with the biggest winner each week. We'll try and mention them on this, on this show, on this particular show. We'll give you what, what, what they bet on, what they won, etc. And kind of try and get a bit of publicity that way for it so what's your thoughts on that obviously I'll come to you first Baz what's your thoughts on that for obviously going going forward I think it'll be pretty decent for the podcast the social side of it well, 100% I, I mean anything that gets folk involved and everybody likes them getting that but that sounds pretty good well done and you know putting that together but it certainly adds that extra wee bit of excitement towards the weekend and I think everybody gets gets involved with that sort of thing and like you say if there's like a wee we're in wee community I think it'll, it'll bring everybody together and it'll be good to get every, other people's input on things as well. So, I well done. That sounds pretty exciting, to be fair. Dan, again, you add to that one? Um, no, Baz nailed it in the heat there, mate. Um, everything he said, I totally agree with. It's good to have the community get the numbers up and hopefully gets the podcast a, a, a bigger following as well, you know? That, that, that's it. It's trying to make sure that our kind of wee area within the podcast is kind of we all have a wee community within each other. As I've said, it's it's, it's for Rangers supporters, it's for normal Rangers supporters. Like it's no, we're not doing this to, because we think we're a better Rangers supporter than anybody else, which has been quite a prominent theme on Twitter, I would say, in the last week or so. There is, in my opinion, there's nothing more ridiculous than that sort of comment. This is all about making sure that we all stick together. We have enough enemies outside our club that to start fighting within, I think, is just madness. And, Hopefully, if we can have a wee bet, a wee betting community, we can have a laugh and a, and a carry on. And obviously, we need to make sure we gamble responsibly because you know that's a kind of big, a kind of big issue. But um, I think it will be decent for the for the podcast and for the sports in general. And hopefully, we can put bets on the game that's going to win us fifty five next season. I'm looking forward to that. Certainly looking forward to winning 55 and certainly winning a few bets. By the way, see when, this, see when this this thing happens with the betting, what I would recommend to anybody that watches this, if you see me putting a bet on, 
Put that bet on, but the exact opposite. Right? <laughs> so if, if you see right, Baz is betting that, both go the opposite way, and I guarantee you'll make some money. Dan, are you much a tipster? I'm no, mate. No, I'm damn the same as Baz, I'm not going anyway. I won a Raccoon's mate, so don't copy me. <laughs> I know. People go on with horse racing and all that, and I go, listen, I like to think I watch enough football that I know enough to put a bet on and win it. And I'm hopeless at a given Saturday, so don't follow us three. <laughs> I think that's about us then. Ready to wrap things up. Thanks very much for, for joining us in our first episode of the Bears Corner. Thanks very much to Dan and thanks very much to Baz. We will be back next week with another uh, riveting episode, shall we say. Cheers and thanks once again. Cheerio. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.